Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week we talk about real life issues that you're facing and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. All right, ladies, before we get started, I have a quick announcement that I want to share with you. The doors to the SOAR Coaching Community Group are closing this Saturday, December 10th, 2022, and we will not reopen again until the spring. So what is SOAR? SOAR is a social media alternative for teen girls who love God and want to join a community of other teen girls who love God too. Be prepared to meet new friends. Be encouraged, grow in your walk with the Lord, all while having so much fun. Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that is exactly what this group is for. To learn more about SOAR, all you need to do is go to your parents, let them know that you are excited to be a part of this group. Then with your parents, go into the Uncommon Teen app. You can download that at uncommonteenapp.com and click on the tab that says coaching. There you can learn even more about SOAR. And you can get signed up for a quick phone call with me to learn more about if SOAR is right for you. All right, so now let's get into this week's episode. So it's been quite a while since I've done an episode on dating. And honestly, I have had so many emails from you all lately asking different questions about things like, I really like this guy. I know he's not a Christian, but he is a good guy. Is it okay to date him? Or there's this guy that I really like, and he is a Christian, but I just can't seem to stop thinking about him. What should I do? Or I'm dating a guy right now who's not a Christian. I really like him. What should I do? And there are so many more questions than even that. So this is going to be a two-part episode on dating. This week, we're going to talk mostly about dating somebody who is not a Christian. And is it okay? Next week, we're going to focus more on crushes. All right. So Just a disclaimer before we jump into this episode, this is not an episode where I tell you not to date. It is not an episode where I tell you what age I think you should start dating. That's between you, your parents, and God. (laughs) However, if you ask my opinion on when you should date, what I'll tell you is when you're ready to get married. The whole reason that we date as Christians is to eventually get married. So when you're ready to get married, I say that that's a great time to start dating. So let's talk about What happens when we are in a relationship with somebody who is not a Christian? Now, so you don't think I'm pointing my finger at you. I was there myself. I got my first boyfriend when I was in sixth grade. And honestly, it was like a one night thing and it was over. (laughs) He asked me to the dance and that was really the last time that I saw him. But I'll tell you what, that feeling of being wanted and feeling like somebody actually liked me, it stuck with me and it was addicting. And so it wasn't until my eighth grade year that I had my next boyfriend. And this guy, let me just tell you, 
He was nothing but trouble, not a Christian in any way, shape, or form. But just so you know, I really wasn't a Christian either. I did grow up with good morals, with high values. The friends that I had surrounded myself with from kindergarten all the way through my senior year of high school, actually through college, were Christians. And so even though I wasn't a Christian until I was a senior in high school, I had surrounded myself with Christians, so I had a lot of Christian values. But this guy, he was nothing but trouble. He had no respect for me. And praise God, another friend stepped in and told him not to come near me again. That was okay for him, though, because he didn't like my high standards that I had set for myself, and he was ready to find somebody else anyway. So that was eighth grade. (laughs) Now moving on to 10th grade. It's like every two years, I guess. (laughs) My next boyfriend came in in 10th grade when I was 15 years old. And like I said, I had high standards. This guy was not a Christian either. And again, I wasn't a Christian yet. And so it wasn't really a big deal for me. Being a Christian was not something that crossed my mind when I was looking for guys to date. This guy, when he first liked me, I couldn't believe that he actually liked me. He intentionally sought me out. And I felt like I was on top of the world. That relationship lasted for two years. And it was one of the worst relationships that I had ever had. Actually, it was the worst relationship that I ever had. However, it didn't initially start out that way. Okay, so remember, I have high values, right? After a year of dating him, that's when the game changed for him. He didn't like my decisions. He did not like my morals or my values. At that point, he began to physically abuse me in order to get his way. That part of the relationship lasted another year before I was strong enough to leave that relationship. We'll talk about this a little bit more in detail later, but one of the biggest challenges that comes with not dating a Christian guy while you're a Christian is that both of you are not on the same playing field. You're not both playing by the same set of rules. You don't have the same values and the same standards and the same morals. You go to God and you talk to God. You have a relationship with God, but they don't. And even though that guy may be one of the sweetest people you've ever met, and it seems like they have no flaws, they are living out of a selfish nature on the inside of them because they haven't given their life to the Lord. And so you're on two different playing fields. But like I said, I'll get into that in a little bit. So after dating this guy, now it comes to my senior year of high school. That was every two years. (laughs) I got saved and I was so excited about God. But I still hadn't given that part of my life to God. The part where, you know, I date guys, I was still going out and I was looking for the guys that really were interested in me, the ones I thought were cute, the ones I connected with. I didn't give that part of my life to God. I wasn't saying, okay, God, show me who it is that you want. I was going out and I was seeking them if I was completely honest. I probably wouldn't have told you that back then. I probably would have said, no, these guys were from God. I know they are. But looking back, I know that they weren't. So when I was 17, I gave my life to the Lord. And shortly afterward, I got into another relationship. Now, this guy was a Christian. However, more than anything, I just craved. I just wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel accepted. And I didn't realize at the time that the only one who could ever fill that void of love and acceptance was God himself. And so I projected all of that on the guy that I was dating. The guy that I was dating had a lot of past baggage. And so I had my mess, he had his mess, and then I was trying to gain everything from him that only God could give me. And it hurt both of us. These relationships were a mess because I was a mess. One thing I didn't realize is 
that before I got into another relationship, I needed to make sure I was in a healthy place and that the guy that I was dating was a Christian and in a healthy place too. If not, it only magnifies the difference when you're entering into a relationship. So when he's not a Christian and you're a Christian and you talk about things of God and he doesn't want to have anything to do with God, that causes an inner struggle on the inside of us. And so it's really important that we are equally yoked together. Now, before I get more into that, there was one more relationship that I had. And I had vowed after this guy that I dated my senior year of high school, I vowed, I'd promised God. I said, God, I am not going to date anymore. And I was told anybody who asked me, I said, I'm going to get married when I'm 80. So I'm not even going to date. I was done with dating. Only that vow lasted about a year. The year between breaking up with the guy my senior year of high school and the relationship I entered into my second year of college, that year between then was the year that I grew the most with God. God was doing amazing things in my life. That's where he showed me that I was going to be serving teens for the rest of my life. It was an incredible year of my life. And then something happened. (laughs) I met Andrew. This next relationship that I entered into was done by accident. I was not looking for a relationship again, (laughs) and he clearly was. And on my part, I thought we were just friends until I couldn't get out of the relationship. I felt like I was stuck. I wasn't searching for a relationship. I didn't even want one, but I found myself in one anyway. When I first met him, he told me that he was a Christian and that he believed in Jesus. Awesome, right? Well, he lied. (laughs) My mistake was with him, I hung out with him on my own for so long. I just really enjoyed spending time with him that I didn't realize that because I had spent so much time with him alone, he thought we were in a relationship with one another. That relationship lasted for two years. He used manipulation tactics to get me to stay. I tried to leave. I tried to say, you know what? We're not even dating. I don't want anything to do with you. He would tell me that he would harm himself if I left him. And the enemy knows our weaknesses, okay? And so he is going to use everything that he can to exploit those weaknesses. You may have heard my story about how I grew up in a family where my dad was very physically, mentally, and verbally abusive. The tactic that this guy was using on me was the same tactic that I saw my dad use on us as we were growing up. I knew that if this guy did hurt himself, I would feel guilty and it would crush me. And I didn't think I could bounce back. That lasted for two whole years. Praise God (laughs) that that was my last relationship before God brought me my husband. My husband and I now have been married for 18 years and it is amazing. I'm telling you, it is amazing. One thing about my husband is he is a Christian. He loves God with all his heart. And that made a world of a difference. Not any of my other relationships could ever compare to this one. Now, I want you to notice the phrase I used when I talked about my husband. I said, God brought him to me. With all of the other boyfriends, if I'm honest with myself, I sought them out. I hear this from so many teen girls. They see a guy that they like, and it almost feels as if God is dropping them into their life. He might be, but more times than not, most of those guys, the enemy is using to pull you away from God. So if it is a relationship that you are in and it is bringing you closer to God, Praise God, that is the way it should be. But if you are in a relationship with somebody and it is not bringing you closer to God, it's bringing you further away from God, it is not from God. 
A couple of things I want to talk to you about from my personal experiences. The first one is this. 2 Corinthians 6.14 tells us that to not be yoked together or in a close relationship with unbelievers. For what does righteousness, those of you who have a relationship with God, and wickedness, those who don't have a relationship with God, what do they have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? God calls you the light of the world. The people who don't know Jesus, they are in the dark. Anytime light walks into a dark room, no matter how small the light is, it always overpowers the dark. What can light have with darkness? They can't coincide together. They cannot live together. There are several reasons that Paul wrote this because there's so much truth to it. There's a guy that you really like. He seems great. Probably is great. (laughs) However, when you get into a relationship with somebody who does not believe in Jesus, again, like I said earlier, you're playing on two different playing fields. It's like you're playing two different games with two sets of rules on the same field. You can't play football and baseball on the same field at the same time. Somebody's going to get hurt. The same thing was true with Andrew in college. He tried to get me to compromise who I was so many times. And then when I would call him out on it, he'd either manipulate me or lie to me. And let me tell you, those two years of my life were some of the worst years of my life. I had God. I had grown so much with the Lord. And in that two-year span of time, I went so far backwards in my faith. I still prayed. I still believed. I still read my Bible every day. But it felt like there was something holding me back. And I became so emotionally numb. I felt like God couldn't even hear me anymore. Because I had entered into a relationship with somebody who did not love God, I was dying on the inside. Now, earlier we talked about being unequally yoked with non-believers. That word yoke is not the same as like an egg yolk. <laughs> Gotquestions.org explains it in this way. A yoke is a wooden bar that joins two oxen together. An unequally yoked team has one stronger ox and one weaker ox, or one taller ox and one shorter. The weaker or shorter ox would walk more slowly than the taller, stronger one, causing the load to go around in circles. When oxen are unequally yoked, they cannot perform the task set before them. Instead of working together, they're at odds with one another, and they work against each other. That is exactly what was happening with me. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who is not a Christian, that's exactly what's happening to you. You may not see it yet, but that's exactly what is happening. When that happens in a relationship, it can cause you to begin to compromise your morals and your values in order to keep them happy. It can cause them to be miserable because you're always talking about God and how good he is. They can't understand why it would be a big issue for you if you're a Christian. If you are in a relationship with someone and you know that either it's not honoring God or that he is not a Christian, I want to talk to you about some next steps to take. First of all, know that it's never easy to walk away from a relationship with someone that you really like and some of them that you've given your heart to. Maybe some of them you've compromised on your morals and values with. And on the inside, you know you need to walk away. If that is you, I encourage you to go to God, to run to God, to ask him for forgiveness. And then I encourage you to walk away from that relationship. And I know this is not like one of those happy, joyful, fun topics that we're talking about. 
Proverbs 13, 12 tells us that hope, when it's placed in anything other than God, it'll make our hearts troubled. It'll cause us pain and grief and confusion and chaos and depression because we're not living out who it is that God called us to be. So this is my encouragement to you. Number one, talk to God and ask him to give you the words to speak. Say, Lord, I know I need to end this relationship. As you talk to this guy and tell him, hey, I can't do this anymore. Ladies, I know it's not easy. I know that what I'm telling you right now is hard. Maybe one of the hardest things that you're ever going to have to do in life. But I'll tell you what, it's not impossible. Because with God, all things are possible and he is on your side. He's with you. You are not alone in this. As someone who has been through this, it is so worth it. Number two, when you talk to him, don't let your emotions control you. Don't let your emotions change your mind. It won't be easy for either of you. You don't have to be mean when you talk to him, but you do need to be straightforward. It's hard. It's tough. I get it. And then number four, talk to them face to face. In this culture, it's so easy to break up online or to break up through text or maybe even letter. (laughs) Unless you feel like you're in danger or that you know that you will compromise and you will not actually end it. I encourage you to talk to them face to face. Now, if you feel like you're in danger or you feel like you would compromise, call them up on the phone and talk to them and say, look, I'm sorry. Make it a conversation with them and not just unloading a whole bunch of stuff, all the things that they've ever done wrong, because that doesn't leave them in a place where they feel like, you know what, this God thing, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. Don't leave them in that place, but stand strong. Now, after you've walked away, you're going to need to do a couple things. I encourage you, first of all, pray for him. Pray that God brings him somebody that he can connect with who loves God that can lead him to Jesus. He'll do it. He's so good. And then the second thing I want to encourage you with is read the book of Ephesians and write down everything that God says that you are. For example, in chapter one, it says that God chose you before the foundation of the world. So I want you to write down, I'm chosen by God. It also says that you are adopted into his family and it pleased him to do so. So write down, I am adopted into God's family and it pleased him to adopt me. And I want you to continue on. And then I want you to take all of those things that you have written down. And every morning after you wake up, I want you to speak them over your life. And every night before you go to bed, I want you to speak them over your life. And whenever you're feeling down and depressed and hurting, I want you to speak them over your life. Your identity was not found in that relationship. Your identity was not found in that guy. Your identity is found in the Lord. As you're walking through this, if you need somebody to talk to and you don't really feel like you have anyone, please reach out to me. Go to the Uncommon Teen app. Again, you can download that at uncommonteenapp.com and click on the tab that says connect with Jamie and reach out to me there. I would be honored to walk with you as you're on this journey. All right, ladies, I know that this was a little bit tougher of a topic, but you are so loved by God. I want you to take a moment. I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to really mean it with your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see, How incredible God made me. 
All right, ladies, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. Again, if you need somebody to talk to, please feel free to reach out to me. Have a great week and we'll see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know how incredibly loved by God that you really are. Repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, I would love to personally invite you to join us this July 19th and 20th for Uncommon Teen Live 2024. Woohoo! Being a teen girl today is tough. Being a Christian teen girl today is even more challenging. But God has given you everything you need to not just survive this crazy world, but to soar. At this year's conference, we're going to be talking about how to become free from anything that is holding you back from being all that it is that God has created you to be. And for those of you who have not been to Uncommon Teen Live before, you get to be a part of our live Ask Me Anything session. Ladies, throughout the whole conference, I have a box set up where you can ask your questions. And then on Saturday, the second day of the conference, we set aside a special session just to answer as many questions as we possibly can. And ladies, I would love to invite you to be a part of our live podcast recording at the conference venue itself. Ladies, last year we tried this and I don't know what happened, but the recording disappeared. This year it's not happening. We are going to record live and in person at Uncommenting Live, and I would love for you all to be a part of this episode. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, head on over to Uncommenting Live, grab your tickets today. And real quick, I just want to say thank you to those of you who prayed for us about our venue. After a couple of venues fell through for Uncommenting Live, I knew that God was going to do something big. And he really was. He was working behind the scenes even when we didn't see it. We found a venue that is amazing. The owners are amazing. They love the heart behind Uncommon Teen. I'm so excited because there's something even better that I want to share with you, but I can't share with you yet. Ah. (laughs) So stay tuned because I've got some really awesome news about this conference that you're going to love. So I just want to say again, thank you so much for your prayers. Know that they are heard, that God listens to you, and I'm just excited. Continue to pray over this event. God is going to do something miraculous, and I am so excited to get to be a part of it. All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you back here next time.